Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby of Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Turn with me to John 14. John 14. Listen, guys. Today is worth remembering for me. For me. Okay? Something that has never happened in my entire life is happening today. Okay? It's happening today. I've waited 20 of my 23 years on this day. On this day. Today's big. When I told Sarah and Mitch and Blake and Ty about it on Thursday at our podcast, uh, they couldn't believe it. They was all just big O smiles and a little round of congratulations and some high fives and y'all want to know what it is? It's big. Uh, well, if y'all don't want to know, we can just go right into the story now or we can go right into the message. In John 14, uh, well, nobody, okay, okay, okay. Today, for the very, they don't even remember. <laughs> Today, for the very first time, I will be married and not a single kid lives in my house. <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. When I told them, they were like, no way. I was like, yeah, way, you know, and, and uh, so anyway, but when I, when I told them, they were like, no way, and I was like, well, yeah, I wouldn't, are you, they, uh, I don't remember which one I'm saying, they're like, are you serious? I got, well, why would I tell you that if I wasn't serious, right? But anyway, really what I said was, if it were not so, I wouldn't have told you that. And they all kind of looked at me funny. Well, I, I had been preparing this sermon, and that's something that Jesus said. That's something that Jesus said. Today, we're going to look at three or four promises in John chapter 14 that Jesus made that can have an amazing impact on our lives if we will just listen and believe the words that he says. Today we're going to look at the first part of John chapter 14. I love this passage because Jesus is reminding his disciples and let me put this in, in, in my own words, okay? And, and, and I'm, I'm not trying to change anything. I'm, I'm trying to intend maybe some uh, meaning behind what Jesus was saying, okay? He says, when I tell y'all something, I'm not just doing it to hear myself talk, okay? That was the message in the first part of John 14, and it continues on through the rest of John 14. But that is kind of the message of it is, man, I'm, if I say something, y'all can take it to the bank, okay? What he said was, if it were not so. So how was Jesus promising? So what was Jesus promising? And how can we apply it to our lives? In John chapter 14, 
verse 1, we find the very first promise that we're going to talk about. It doesn't start, it doesn't take very long to Jesus start making some amazing promises that can impact your life. Promise number one, you don't have to be worried. Okay? Listen to what I said. You don't have to be worried. I never said that there wasn't things to worry about, right? Nowhere did I say that. Promise number one, you don't have to be worried. Why do I know that that's a promise? Because in the very first verse, the very first, what? One, two, three, four, five. I think that's five, six. Six words in John chapter 14 is this right here. Don't let your hearts be troubled. And then he says, trust in God, trust also in me. What is the promise there? The promise is that you don't have to be worried. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Just the very first two words is an incredible uh, statement from Jesus. Don't let. What does that imply? Don't let right? Don't let means that you are in control of your emotions. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. There's no outside influence that's making it happen. We allow it and he is making us a promise right now that we could stop right here and this one would change the lives of everybody in this room, everybody in this county and everybody in this nation. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You don't have to let our, these worries and all of these other things, these negative things that are piling on you, piling on you, we might not be able to stop them from happening, but we don't have to be worried. Why? Because Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You trust in God. Trust in me too. Trust in me too. Jesus never said there wouldn't be troubles. He never said that there wouldn't be troubles, but he didn't say that we had to be troubled by them, right? Do not let your hearts be troubled. That means that you have a part to play in this. Jesus gives you the strength and you use that strength by not letting your hearts be troubled. But how is that possible? Well, we've already given you the answer. We don't, don't let your hearts be troubled because he says the answer to that, the way you do it, is to trust in God and trust also in me. Okay? Easy. <laughs> A little hard. A little harder. Trust in God and trust in me also. Jesus is saying, keep your eyes on me and you will not ever fall from my grace or my forgiveness. Think about that. All he says is... <laughs> Can, can you imagine, like, uh, I remember the first time I jumped into a swimming pool. My dad was in there. And I, kept, I was at the edge, and he was about right there, and he's like, just jump in, son. And I, and I was looking around, and I'll never forget the words. He said, son, look at me. You're going to be fine. And as long as, and that's whenever I jumped. When I quit looking around at everything else, do not let your hearts be troubled. You trust in God, trust also 
in me. Keep your eyes on me and you will never fall from my grace or my forgiveness. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Jesus is saying, I've got you. I've got you. He's saying, I've always had you. You don't have to be worried. Just trust me. If it were not so, I wouldn't have said it. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Promise number one, you don't have to be worried. Promise number two, there's room for you. Now, that's kind of a weird promise, isn't it? There's room for you. <laughs> you know, talking about kids moving out. Uh, did, did any of y'all kids ever, uh, like, I, I was the oldest, so when I moved out, guess what my little brother got? My room! That was my room, right? But, but Jesus says here, there's room for you. We didn't give your room away to somebody else. Your room is here. It is made especially for you. It is yours. There's room for you. John chapter 14, verse 2. First sentence of verse 2. There's actually a 2A and a 2B. John 14, 2. There is more than enough room in my father's house. Let that sink in a minute. There's room for you. That was my dog, by the way. Let that sink in for a minute. There's room for you. Listen, man. Listen. There were no quantifiers from that, was there? Did he say there's room for you if you will do this? Did he say there's room for you if you have done that? Did he say, there's room for you, but you've got to meet these qualifications? He didn't say any of that. He just said, there's room for you. And that implies that he wants you there. That implies that you don't have to be deserving because you're not. And yet, what does he say? There's room for you. You don't have to be worthy because you're not, but he says, he says to you, there's room for you. You don't have to be good enough, rich enough, or poor enough. There's room for you. You're dead enough. <laughs> so during our podcast, uh, that, that went way over everybody's head, and... Um, so during the podcast that will be posted tomorrow, uh, we talked about dying to self. And I think that we're the only four or five people in the world that can talk about dying to self. And we laughed through the whole thing. And not to say that it was all a joke. It wasn't. There was some really serious parts. But anyway, we were talking about dying to self. And Sarah looks at all of us and says, well, am I dead enough? <laughs> It is a question, and I just laughed. So I said, during the podcast, I said, we have got to make some shirts that say, welcome to Save the Cowboy. You're dead enough for us. <laughs> so, you know, talking about dying to self and the narrow trail and repentance and all of that, you know. All of this 
all of this is a simple invitation. Do you remember whenever you were a kid and you first got your license? Or maybe you didn't have your license yet, but a buddy did. Do you remember what would happen when he pulled in and he's like, get in, let's go? There's room for you. Hey, man, y'all want to go with this? We've got an extra spot. Nowhere does it say you got to pay for anything. They just said, come, I've got a place for you. And then Jesus says this, after he says that there's room for you, that's when he actually says it. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? Now, I cannot help but imagine Jesus looking at them with his hands on his hips and going, now listen, if all of this wasn't true, why would I be telling you that, right? Listen, guys, if I say it, I mean it, and there's room for you. Room for you. Not only is there room, <laughs> Friday, and honestly, it was somebody on this row or, or right, right back here. One of my buddies, and I don't remember which one said it, but said, you know, G, uh, God created everything in six days and rested on the seventh, right? And how amazing is his creation? All of it created in six days. Jesus has been preparing a place for me for 2,000 years. I can't wait to see it. Dang, dang, that's good stuff, right? He told us 2,000 years ago, and he was talking to you. Well, he's talking to the disciples, but he was talking to all of his followers of Christ. So meaning, he was talking to you too, and he said, I've gone to prepare a place for you, and I am going to have it perfect when you get here. I'm going to have it perfect when you get here, which leads us to promise number three. Promise number three, Jesus says, I'm going, I'm going to come pick you up. I'm going to come pick you up, right? In John 14, three, when everything is ready, when everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And guys, if that doesn't light a fire in you, I don't know what to do. Oh, I do. I've got a hot shot. Come see me after church. If you ain't got the Holy Spirit burning in you right now, we'll get you burning. Okay? <laughs> yeah, confessional. Cowboy confessional. When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. You know, theology says that this verse is talking about the second coming. Okay, that's what theology will tell you. My faith tells me that when Jesus is talking about all of this and making promises and using the words, if it were not so, I, if I say it, you can take it to the bank. My faith tells me that Jesus wouldn't tell me he is coming to get me if he ain't coming to get me, right? Think about that. Listen, there's not a person in here 
that, that's not a liar that hasn't thought to themselves about dying and about how scary that might be, right? We've all thought about it. But let me ask you a question. As a Christian, as a follower of Christ, as we are keeping our, our promises where Jesus says, man, you keep your eyes on me, you'll never fall away. I've got you. And when he tells you, man, there's room for you. And then he says, I'm going to come pick you up. Listen, would you fear death if you knew that Jesus was going to be the one to come and get you and take you to heaven? I mean, think about that. Listen, <laughs> my life will end. And what I'll see before my body dies, because I've already died. I've already died to self. It, 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 it happened right then, and I'm still dying, right? But Jesus is going to come get me, and he's going to look at me, and he's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. And there's going to be a smile on my face when my soul leaves my body. I ain't even packing a toothbrush because I won't need it. Everything is ready. I'm with my Savior. Come on, boys, let's ride, right? I'm going to be best friends with Jesus and hang out with him every day where there are no, there are, I'm, I'm going to hang out with Jesus every day where there are no days, right? I'm going to hang out with Jesus every day where there are no days, no suffering, no tears, no politics, no death, and no shredded baby fingernails advertised as coconut babies. Bring it. Listen. My Savior, your Savior, he said, I'm going to come get you. What other promise do we really need besides that one right there? And he said, you thought I was joking about working on it for 2,000 years? He ain't come and got me yet, so he's still working on my room, right? Because he says, when everything is ready, I'll come get you. He ain't come and got me yet. He's still working on it. Jesus, I love you for it. I can't wait to see it. Amen. You don't have to be worried, guys. There's more than enough room. Come on. Hey, pardon me for just a second. We're fixing to hit the back side of this pasture, so it's time to step off and cinch them up. While we're down here, I want to see if you can help us out. We really do need a hand in this ministry, and the fact that you're listening right now means that you're riding with us. All you have to do is text Save the Cowboy, all one word, to 77977, and you can help us out in less time than it would take to pull your rope down. Again, text Save the Cowboy, all one word, to 77977. That's Save the Cowboy to 77977. Thanks for the hand, pards. I'm going to come pick you up. Be ready. You know, <laughs> today is bittersweet, though. Today is bittersweet. Because I love my kids. I love my kids. And they will always have a place in their father's house. 
They will always have a place. It'll be in the basement in the back corner closet, but they got a place. <laughs> they got a place. But you know what? Yesterday afternoon, me and Cammie are working outside. And I happened to go in and get something late last evening. Walked in to get something. Probably had something to do with a dog. And as I was walking out, the back door's right where the stairs are that come up to, uh, to leave. Or, you know, out of the basement is where Griffin came. And as I, I was going out the back door, and he had a bowl and a cup with him. And as I was going out the back door, Griffin says, Dad, is the dishwasher clean or dirty? I said, son, it's clean. And I just walked out the door. I came back in about five minutes later, and Griffin had just finished emptying the dishwasher. You know, of all the times in the world that a boy could use it as an excuse not to empty the dishwasher, it would have been on the eve that you're moving out, but not my boy. Not my boy. The one time he could have used the excuse. Now, I didn't ask him to do it, which is double good, right? I didn't ask him to do it. He just did it. That boy could have used an excuse, and he didn't. And we could all learn something from that. As I close, because I said three or four promises. Let's look at the fourth one. Promise number four. You know the way. You know the way. John 14, 4. Jesus talking. Red letter. And you know the way to where I am going. You know the way where I am going. And you do know the way where Jesus was going. We do know the way, but we've gotten really good at making excuses. We've become really good at making excuses. And the next time I go to make an excuse for not being the man that Jesus wants me to be, I'm going to look back and remember a little dishwasher incident with my 20-year-old son before he moves out on his own of how he went the extra mile and that's why it's not crowded there. And it's probably not going to be crowded in heaven either because this trail is long and it's rough and it's tough and it is worth it. But I think that we have to read the last verse of John 14 to send us on our way out into a Sunday, knowing that we don't have to be worried, that there is room for us, that Jesus is coming to pick us up, that we know where we're going. And maybe we can end with the last verse of John chapter 14. It's verse 31. But I will do what the Father requires of me, so that the world will know that I love the Father. And then he says this. He says, come, let's be going. I love that. You know what? 
Let's do that. Let's go out and live our lives and do what the Father requires of us, of trusting in Jesus and all of the stuff that we talked about. Let's do what the Father requires of us so that the world will know that we love God and we love others. Come, let's be going in prayer. Father, I thank you so much for who you are. God, you are amazing. You show us each and every day and the promises you make, we don't deserve it. But God, let us tie hard and fast to these promises to know that you are coming to get us, that we know where we're going. We don't have, even when we have doubts, we can, don't let our hearts be troubled. God, you and you alone are the reason that we do what we do. Others may benefit from it, but God, we give you the glory and we live our lives for you. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Have you ever dreamed of being a cowboy? Do you long to ride for the brand? If you're one of those rare individuals, then we at Save the Cowboy have something just for you. We believe that you are capable of more than you ever imagined. We are offering you the chance to ride for the Lord and save the Cowboys Long X Ranch. We can show you how to be stronger, go further, and ride harder than you ever thought possible. And you know what? We just happen to have a spot for a cowboy. You ready to saddle up? A Long X Ranch Cowboy is a person wanting to take their relationship with God to the next level. Our cowboys strive to live a life worthy of their calling and help save the cowboy, gather the lost, and bring back those that have strayed away. Are you ready to take the outside? If so, go to savethecowboy.com and sign up today. We'll be waiting on you.